This is the mop-up for September 22nd, 2023. We begin this morning with some very sad news. Rupert Murdoch, who built a right-wing echo chamber of newspapers and cable television stations that spread mortal lies about climate change, Black Lives Matter, and immigrants, is still alive today at the age of 92. His family says Murdoch woke up peacefully surrounded by loved ones. His son, Lachlan Murdoch, will succeed him. Friends and family say instead of flowers, they ask that you commit a hate crime in his name. Well, in case you haven't heard, Rupert Murdoch retired on Thursday. The Australian-born Murdoch built a 70-year career demonizing immigrants and global elitists, of which he turned out to be both. Why did he quit? Well, I'm guessing Murdoch looked around, saw a planet broiling to death, women and children at the border in cages, the worst income inequality in American history, abortion impossible to obtain, hate crimes against blacks, Jews, and the LGBTQ community at record highs. He looked around, saw that, and figured, my work here is all done. This is the man who gave us Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Bill O'Reilly, and Jesse Waters. Rupert Murdoch is the modern-day equivalent of typhoid Mary. If instead of typhoid, Mary gave everyone Greg Gutfeld. Senator Elizabeth Warren on Thursday said of Murdoch's resignation, quote, Rupert Murdoch built a hate-for-profit machine, and that machine has undermined our democracy and done incalculable damage to this nation. I'm glad he's leaving, but I wish he'd never come. Yeah, he was not an American citizen. We, we made him one, unfortunately. Well, Matt Schlapp, who heads the American Conservative Union, as well as CPAC, Matt Schlapp appeared on Newsmax on Thursday and was asked to comment on Rupert Murdoch's departure. Um, it, this is really amazing news. I mean, Fox News has played a critical role in championing conservative causes for a very long time. And people like my wife, Mercy, and me were on Fox. I was on Fox practically every day for years and years and years. And then something happened in the country. Mm. He was on Fox News every day with his wife, Mercy, every day. And then something happened. Interesting. Something happened. And Matt Schlapp was no longer asked to be back on Fox News. Now, this is interesting because Matt Schlapp hasn't been seen on Fox News since January 4th of 2023. And then something happened in this country, and all of a sudden, they stopped asking Matt Schlapp back. So please continue, Matt Schlapp, chairman of CPAC. What happened in the country that prompted Fox News to stop booking you on their network after January 4th, 2023. Please tell us what happened. The BLM riots happened, the virus happened, and then this crazy presidential election with all this voter fraud happened. And 
Fox seemed to be, to want to be at war with its viewers, and people who have opinions and voices like me became uh, became a less uh, ha- hospitable place. Ah, interesting. So you were disinvited uh, from Fox News in January of this year because let's see, you say Black Lives Matter. BLM and the virus and election fraud. Well, let's see. You were kicked off Fox News in 2023, but Black Lives Matter happened in 2020. The virus happened in 2020 and your so-called election fraud that happened in 2020. But suddenly, nearly three years later, in January of 2023, Matt Schlapp is no longer welcome on Fox news. Why would that? I, I, it, you're a liar. You're a very sick man, Matt Schlapp. You are a liar. The reason, and you know the reason, but you're a liar. The reason Matt Schlapp has not been on Fox News since January 4th of this year is because, shall we read some of the headlines Let's see. GOP operative comes forward as accuser in sexual misconduct claim against CPAC head. And that GOP operative would be a man. CPAC treasurer accuses Chief uh, Matt Schlapp of financial and personal mismanagement. CPAC urged to probe more sexual misconduct conduct claims against chair Matt Schlapp. That would be men accusing him of sexual misconduct. Okay, Matt Schlapp, that's why you haven't been back on Fox News, because Fox News persecutes the LGBTQ community. And on January 6th, Matt Schlapp you were accused of sexually assaulting another man. Continue, Matt Schlapp. The BLM riots happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, the BLM riots happened. That's why you weren't. The BLM riots happened in uh, 2020. They weren't riots. I'll get to that in a second. The re- it has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. But you have to find a scapegoat for your own behavior. Two men, two other men have stepped forward, accusing Matt Schlapp of sexually assaulting them. Now, Fox News has nothing against sexual assault. In fact, Roger Ailes, who founded Fox News, made an entire career out of sexual assault. And his company paid out hundreds of millions of dollars to settle sexual assault claims. I would go so far, Matt Schlapp, as to say Fox News celebrates sexual assault unless it's a man like you being accused of sexually assaulting another man because Fox News hates gay people. And that's why you're not welcome back on Fox News. Okay, it has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter or the virus. It's about you being accused by three men of sexual assault. Okay, 
So you and your wife, Mercedes, are devout Christians who speak out against same-sex marriage, right? And when Target began selling gay pride merchandise this year, you came out in support of the boycott. Or maybe you just came out in favor of boys and cots. But either way, that's why you're banned, okay, from Fox News. Nothing happened in this country. Fox News didn't change. That's not why you're banned from Fox News. You, Matt Schlapp, have been accused of hitting on three men. But you live a lie. You live a lie, and that lie bleeds into your politics. And you cannot separate the lying Matt Schlapp does to himself and his wife. You cannot separate those lies from the lies he tells as the leader of CPAC, like this lie, okay? This lie that he told. The BLM riots happened. The BLM riots happened. The Black Lives Matter riots happened. And that's why you're banned from Fox News. You lying, sick degenerate. There were no BLM riots, You are lying to the Newsmax audience the same way you lie to your wife, Mercy, and the same way you lie to yourselves. Now, there were something like 10,000 Black Lives Matter protests around the country in 2020. And besides being the most successful civil rights protest since the 1960s, Black Lives Matter protests were the most peaceful until counter-protesters like Kyle Rittenhouse showed up with an AR-15 and killed two people, or when the police showed up and began rioting. That's a fact, Matt Schlapp. You're a liar. Headline from the Washington Post. This is October 16th, 2020. This summer's Black Lives Matter protesters were overwhelmingly peaceful, our research finds. Police and counter-protesters sometimes started the violence, okay? There were no BLM riots, Matt Schlapp, from the same article from the Washington Post. Quote, in fact, the Black Lives Matter uprisings were remarkably nonviolent. When there was violence, very often police or counter-protesters were reportedly directing it it at the protesters. Counter-protesters were reportedly directing it, the violence, at the protesters. The article continues, okay? The data on these protests shows very little violence. Here is what we have found based on the 7,305 Black Lives marches we've collected. The overall levels of violence and property destruction were low, and most of the violence that did take place was, in fact, directed against the BLM protesters. You lying sack of excrement, Matt Schlapp, the BLM riots. How dare you? How dare you call it the BLM riots? The article continues from the Washington Post. Police were reportedly injured in 1% of the protests. A law enforcement officer killed in California 
was allegedly shot by supporters of the far-right Boogaloo movement, not anti-racism protesters. The killings in the line of duty of other law enforcement officers during this period were not related to the protests. Now, I've read this, I don't know, this is maybe the fifth time I've read this on my show, and I will continue to read this as long as you have these degenerates like Matt Schlapp blaming things, blaming his immorality on... The BLM riots happened. Yeah. The virus happened. And then this crazy presidential election with all this voter fraud happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you sexually... When you're accused of sexually assaulting three men, Matt Schlapp, uh, that's degenerate behavior. And so degenerates tend to lie about things like Black Lives Matter. And I will continue to speak truth to the lie about Black Lives Matter. Okay? Every time I hear this, I'm going to come on this show. You've got to you've. I'm begging all my listeners to Google this article in the in the Washington Post or read the stuff that the New York Times has written about. This is one of the most important paragraphs from the Washington Post article. Police were reported injured in one percent of the Black Lives Matter protests. A law enforcement officer killed in California was allegedly shot by supporters of the far-right Boogaloo movement, not anti-racism protesters, okay? One police officer was killed in 2020 during the Black Lives Matter protests, and he was killed by the Boogaloo Boys, a far-right-wing group of racist counter-protesters. The killings in the line of duty of other law enforcement officers during this period were not related to the protests. Not a single police officer was killed during the Black Lives Matter protests. But Matt Schlapp lies to himself, his wife, CPAC, so he has no problem lying about Black Lives Matter. Continue with your lies. Why else have you been banned from Fox News, Matt Schlapp? The virus happened, and then this crazy presidential election with all this voter fraud happened. And the voter fraud, he's still pushing. It's 2023, and Matt Schlapp is still pushing election fraud from 2020. He's still saying that Joe Biden is not legitimately elected as president. Now, did it ever occur to you, Matt Schlapp, that the other reason Fox News doesn't want you on their network is because... Well, they think you're gay. And two, they didn't want you coming on their network spreading lies about voter fraud, considering they're being sued by many, many people for billions of dollars for defamation. They banned you on January 4th of this year. That was right around the time they were getting ready to settle with Dominion voting machines for three quarters of a billion dollars, okay? And they're also being sued for several billion dollars right now by Smartmatic voting machines because liars like you, Matt Schlapp, were coming on Fox News and lying about election fraud. So they don't want gay liars 
on their network, Matt Schlapp. You're a liar, okay? You lie about who you are, and your entire world view is built on lies. Lies that Black Lives Matter protests were violent. That's a lie. The lie that Biden stole the election from uh, Donald Trump. That's a lie. And the lie that you're telling on Thursday that you're no longer allowed on Fox News because Fox News suddenly got woke. Yeah, they woke up to the fact that three men have stepped forward accusing you of hitting on them, and uh, they're afraid you're going to cost them money in these defamation lawsuits because you won't stop lying about election fraud. Your thoughts, Matt Schlapp. Fox seemed to be, to want to be at war with its viewers, and people who have opinions and voices like me became, uh, became a less uh, ha- hospitable place. No! Three men have accused you of coming on to them and touching them inappropriately, and Fox News hates gay people. That's why you're not asked back on Fox News. And you lie about election fraud, and Fox News is being sued for billions of dollars because of people like you who went on their network and spread the lie about Dominion voting machines and Smartmatic. That's why you're not allowed on Fox News, you liar. You liar. You know, I'll say this about Matt Schlapp. He'll keep going no matter what, because hatred is the most powerful fuel known to mankind, especially when that hatred is directed inwards. This is all about Matt Schlapp. What gets him out of bed every morning is his hatred for himself. Well, time now for a moment of terror with Vivek Ramaswamy, the most horrible human being ever to walk the face of this earth. Vivek Ramaswamy is rising in the polls. A Fox News poll shows him coming in fourth in Iowa. He's on the rise. On Thursday, Vivek was asked how he would solve America's education crisis. I also think, and I know this is controversial, but I think we have to get rid of teachers' unions in this country. Get rid of teachers' unions in America. Yes, that's the problem with our schools. Our teachers have health care and pension funds. And what we really need to help kids is make sure that our teachers have untreated communicable diseases and are living on the streets. That's That will solve our education crisis because if history has taught us anything, there is no greater dispenser of knowledge than a homeless woman with tuberculosis. So let's get rid of the teachers' unions. Continue Vivek Ramaswamy, whose father is a successful patent attorney and whose mother is a renowned psychiatrist. You could obviously use a little help for mommy, but continue. This is personal to me because education was my ticket to get ahead. Yes, education was your ticket to get ahead. What a great American success story you are. You prove that if you work hard in school, you can go from being the son of millionaires to becoming a billionaire. 
That is the American dream. Well, I've directed much contempt towards Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina who served as U.N. ambassador under Trump. She's running for the Republican nomination in New Hampshire. And on Thursday, she was asked how Trump will be remembered. Now, I was surprised by her answer. It was measured. It was thought out. It, and it spells trouble uh, for Trump because you can tell the candidates who are running for the nomination are getting better. They've had plenty of time now to get their messaging right. I'm going to play this clip for a second and you'll see Trump is not showing up for the Republican debate on the 27th. That will be the second debate he's not showing up for. And when you don't debate, your muscles weaken. There is no substitution for hard work, getting out there, being challenged, and defending your positions. So look how much better Nikki Haley is getting. Again, I can't stand her, but she is getting better. And this spells trouble for Donald Trump, because if she's getting better and she's an idiot, it means all the other candidates are getting better. And eventually, Donald Trump has to debate. So here's her answer to the question, how will Trump be remembered? Forget that you disagree with everything she's saying. Look how much better she's gotten. And this is going to be a problem for Trump. Time does funny things. My thought will be that he was the right president at the right time. He broke things that needed to be broken. He listened and brought in a group of people who felt unheard, like where I grew up, rural South Carolina. He was strong on foreign policy and getting America's respect in the world. He was thin-skinned and easily distracted. He didn't do anything on fiscal policy and, and really spent a lot of money and we're all paying the price for it. He did do a better job than Biden on the border, really trying to corral that in and stop that. He used to be good on foreign policy and now he has started to walk it back and get weak in the knees when it comes to Ukraine. A terrible thing happened on January 6th, and he called it a beautiful day. And in the eyes of America, it was a terrible day. Now, if you can get past the fact that she's a craven idiot, that's a pretty good answer. But you have to get past the fact that she's just a moron. The president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, spoke at the U.N. on Tuesday. Then on Thursday, he came to Washington and visited the Pentagon, Congress and the White House, trying to encourage the United States government to approve $24 billion in defense and humanitarian aid. So Republicans are souring on giving more money to Ukraine, which is why, with a government shutdown looming, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who is desperately trying to hold on to his job, well, it's why he rejected the idea of Zelensky addressing the House of Representatives. He was asked, McCarthy was asked, why aren't you allowing 
Zelensky to speak before the House of Representatives. And McCarthy said, quote, was Zelensky elected to Congress? Is he our president? I don't think so. So McCarthy met privately uh, with Zelensky on Thursday. McCarthy said, I have questions for where's the accountability on the money we've already spent. What is his plan for victory? That's what McCarthy said he was going to ask and talk about in his private meeting with Zelensky. Not all Republicans are against helping Ukraine. Uh, One of the ardent supporters that Zelensky has in the Republican Party is Michael McCall. He's a Republican congressman for Texas, and he's chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the House. And he met with Zelensky, and afterwards he said that the majority of Republicans in the House want to give Zelensky everything he needs to win this war. He said, quote, there are a lot of political machinations right now, but I assure you we're going to get the aid passed. So Kevin McCarthy met privately with Zelensky, and he insists that he grilled the Ukrainian president on corruption in Ukraine. Zelensky also met with senators from both sides of the aisle, Senate Uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. You can see them walking out of the meeting together. And uh, this is what Chuck Schumer said when he came out of the meeting with Zelensky. There was a single sentence that summed it all up, and I'm quoting him verbatim. Mr. Zelensky said, if we don't get the aid, we will lose the war. That's a quote from him. Here is Pennsylvania Senator, I thought, hang on, I thought I was going to show you Pennsylvania Senator, there we go, that is Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman arriving for the Zelensky meeting in shorts and sneakers, which many find disrespectful. They believe a meeting with the Ukrainian president commands business attire, but then take a look at President Zelensky, who arrived later in the day at the White House wearing no suit, no tie. I mean, look at what you started, John Fetterman. First, they get rid of the dress code in the Senate. And now Zelensky shows up to the White House looking like he's going to crawl under the beast and change the transmission. I can't tell if Zelensky is the president of Ukraine or the answer guy from Jiffy Lube. What has happened to decorum and sartorial splendor that made this country and the world great. Well, today is the 22nd, and we need a temporary budget resolution by September 30th to keep our government running. And it looks like Speaker Kevin McCarthy can't pull it together. Spending bills start inside the House of Representatives, and most lawyers, most historians believe that's what the Constitution says. So there's really nothing the Senate or Joe Biden can do right now. Everybody believes spending bills must emanate from the House of Representatives. So everybody has to wait for McCarthy to settle the dispute he's having with far right extremists in his own party who don't want any money going to Ukraine and they don't want any money going to special counsel Jack Smith's investigations into Donald Trump. The government's fiscal year starts on October 1st. We need a budget to keep it running, but 
There's no budget. So McCarthy is desperately trying to get a temporary spending bill out of the House to keep the government running for another 30 days. It's called a continuing resolution, a CR. So doesn't look good. Not good at all. It's Friday morning. The House of Representatives on Thursday failed after a second time to pass a Pentagon funding bill. So uh, it's a little, I'm not sure I understand it, but in order to pass the budget, the entire budget for the year, there are, I believe, 12 appropriation bills. They've divided the budget into 12 bills so they can vote on it piecemeal. And they always start with the Pentagon appropriations bill because we always, who's, you can't vote against the Pentagon, both parties. It's when it comes to war, we're, we don't have, to, we have one party. So he tried to get the Pentagon funding bill passed before October 1st, which would get the ball rolling. Then he'd only need 11 more appropriation bills passed. And he twice it was defeated by a vote of uh, 212 to 216. Six Republicans voted against funding the Pentagon. Uh, Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Andy Biggs of Arizona, who had to ask for a pardon after January 6. Eli Crane of Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's surprising that she voted against this because She's in bed with Kevin McCarthy. He's been giving her choice committee assignments. Sometimes he lets her handle his gavel. So I'm surprised that Marjorie Taylor Greene did not vote for the Pentagon spending bill. And then Montana's Matt uh, Rosendale voted against it, as well as Tom Cole, who is uh, chairman of the Rules Committee. So it's complicated. They really didn't vote against funding the Pentagon. They they voted on a procedural issue that would just slow down passage of the Pentagon appropriations bill. And that's not what McCarthy wanted. McCarthy wanted to move forward and pass the Pentagon bill to prove to the American people he's getting things done. That's the first failure of Kevin McCarthy's on Thursday. And then Uh, He needs the stopgap measure, the continuing resolution, the CR, and that would give Congress 30 days of funding before it runs out again. And the idea being that in a month, all 12 appropriations bills that make up the annual budget will have been passed by then. But that failed. His caucus, you know, he only has a five- vote majority in the House. So all it takes is five far-right extremists to derail his plans, and they have succeeded. Well, today is Friday, and McCarthy sent everybody home. He met with his caucus on Thursday, got nowhere, and said, go home for the weekend, take a three-day vacation. Not a good look. He has what is it, the 22nd? So he has eight days to resolve this. 
where's the work ethic, Speaker McCarthy? You have eight days to resolve this. You don't want the government to shut down and everybody gets a three-day weekend. So next week you have five days to stop the government from shutting down. There are reports that Kevin McCarthy is at a loss as to how to deal with the Freedom Caucus. He appears rattled at times, can't find an off-ramp on the road to a government shutdown. Here he is befuddled on Thursday. This is the worst I've ever seen him. I I don't think he thought it was going to be this bad. Here is Kevin McCarthy just almost asking for sympathy. This is a whole new concept of individuals that just want to burn the whole place down. It, It doesn't work. Okay, I don't know if you can hear that, but he said they, they, they want to burn the House down. He's talking about members of his own caucus who want to burn the House down, and he doesn't understand why they want to burn the House down. Well, you know who else wanted to burn the House down and almost did? Your good friend Donald Trump, whose ring you kissed just days after January 6th, Kevin McCarthy. You flew down to Mar-a-Lago only days after January 6th to mend fences with Donald Trump because you yelled at Trump on January 6th. You insulted him. And so you uh, you refused to distance yourself from the man who tried to burn down the house. In fact, on January 7th, early January 7th, hours after January 6th, when you all went back into the House and to the Senate to certify, you voted against certifying the election for Joe Biden just hours after they try to burn down the House. So you're befuddled now that members of your caucus are trying to burn down the House? You refuse to appoint anyone to the January 6th committee. You try to delegitimate it. You downplay what happened. You blame Nancy Pelosi for January 6th. Nobody in Congress has been punished for the role they played on January 6th. Andy Biggs, uh, Congressman Perry. Uh, there are a couple of Congress people who you should be disciplining for the role, or at least looking into the role that they played on January 6th. Uh, Jim Jordan, who you made a chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, many consider him to be in contempt of Congress. He refused to go before the January 6th committee. Jim Jordan refuses to tell anyone what conversations he was having with President Trump January 6th. Uh, So, you know, there are five members of your caucus who are still in there who called uh, Trump and asked for a pardon after January. Mo Brooks is gone. Four members of your your caucus called Trump after January 6th and asked for a pardon. And you won't punish them. You won't look into it. And now you're confused and befuddled by the very same people, the same members of the Freedom Caucus. You're befuddled because once again, They're trying to burn the house down with you inside of it. There is word that 
Kevin McCarthy is now reaching out to Democrats to see if he can get their help in passing this continuing resolution. Now, remember, Republicans in the House only have a five-vote majority. All it takes is five Republicans to derail the budget negotiations and shut the government down. McCarthy now is reportedly reaching across the aisle, attempting to see if he can land some Democrats. Matt Gates of Florida has become McCarthy's arch nemesis. Gates calls McCarthy a liar whose time is up. Matt Gates is constantly threatening to introduce a motion to vacate the chair, which means Congress would have to hold another all-night round of votes to elect a new speaker. We went 15 rounds to make Kevin McCarthy speaker. God help us if we have to elect a new speaker and it isn't Kevin McCarthy. Who, who's on the bench? Steve Scalise? On Thursday, Gates was asked what he thought of McCarthy working with Democrats to pass a continuing resolution. If Speaker McCarthy relies on Democrats to pass a continuing resolution, uh, I would call the Capitol moving truck to his office pretty soon because my expectation would be he'd be out of the Speaker's office quite promptly. I don't know what's going to happen. Monday, McCarthy has to get a continuing resolution out of the House and into the Senate. Maybe he can get Hakeem Jeffries, the House Minority Leader, the Democrat, to give him the votes he doesn't have. Uh, there might be a way that McCarthy can embarrass the Democrats and make them complicit in the government shutdown. The Democrats are enjoying this as well they should. And uh, it'll, uh, the government is probably going to get shut down by these right-wing crackpots. According uh, to uh, Cassidy Hutchinson on Wednesday. She was a Trump Oval Office staffer who worked closely with White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. On Wednesday, Cassidy Hutchinson said she was groped by Rudy Giuliani on January 6th inside the White House tent, inside the, the, the white tent uh, on the ellipse in front of the White House before Donald Trump delivered his speech telling his armed imbeciles to storm the Capitol. We talked about this yesterday. According to Cassidy Hutchinson, while Giuliani groped her, she looked over and saw attorney John Eastman watching and leering, almost taking delight in her humiliation. Eastman and Giuliani are among the 19 co-defendants in that Georgia racketeering trial, accusing them of conspiring to interfere with the 2020 presidential election on behalf of Donald Trump. Now, both Giuliani and Eastman spoke on the ellipse that day. Charles Burnham is one of Eastman's lawyers, and on Thursday, he called Cassidy Hutchinson's description of Eastman leering as she was groped by Rudy Giuliani. He described it as libelous. He said... Eastman did not leer and seemed to enjoy Rudy Giuliani putting his hand up Cassidy Hutchinson's skirt. So 
I want to talk about this for a second. I want you to watch this clip of John Eastman after he was fingerprinted and had his mugshot taken down in Fulton County, Georgia last month. I want to show you uh, his being asked, despite having zero evidence of voter fraud, whether uh, he still believes Joe Biden stole the election. I want you to watch this clip. You've seen it. I've played it before. But now watch it in the context of Cassidy Hutchinson writing that John Eastman leered lasciviously and enjoyed her humiliation while Rudy Giuliani ran his hands up her skirt. Do you still think the election was stolen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Still. No question. No question in my mind. Okay. You know, this is just conjecture. I'm going to play the clip again. I just... Do you can you imagine him leering lasciviously while Rudy Giuliani puts his hand up a woman's skirt? Do you still think the election was stolen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Still. No question. No question in my mind. Okay. You decide. Alyssa Farah Griffin worked in the Trump White House as communications director. She said it was accepted that Rudy Giuliani was a drunk and women should never be left alone with him. Rudy Giuliani has been called a knockdown, drag out drunk by practically everyone who met him inside the White House and then wrote a book. Here is Alyssa Farah Griffin on CNN Wednesday night. She was Trump's White House communications director, and she's actually being pretty generous talking about Rudy Giuliani, and she's responding to the allegations leveled by Cassidy Hutchinson. Those of us who were working the West Wing at that time knew that Rudy Giuliani was a wild card. He was somebody who was unpredictable. Um, Being careful in how I say this, there were concerns. I don't know if they're true that he would come to the White House campus inebriated. So that was something that even up to the president's level, the former president's level, there would be concerns. Don't let him do television hits from the White House lawn. Be cautious about what meetings he's in. And frankly, the pattern of behavior uh, makes sense to me. It doesn't surprise me. It's horrifying. It does not make it acceptable. And just. Yeah, she's being judicious. Everybody knew that Rudy was drunk around Donald Trump. And that's why Donald Trump hired him, because he was a drunk, because he was a loose cannon. Then she turns to January 6th, and this is important. She points out that Rudy Giuliani allegedly groped Cassidy Hutchinson on the very same day Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. This is such a historic, horrifying bad moment for our country, this this rally that's happening on the ellipse, the attempt to overthrow the election. And in that moment, this is also happening. I don't think you can f- really fully process how significant that is, but I believe her implicitly. Yeah, I think we should process how fully significant that is, because I don't believe you can separate Rudy's drinking, his behavior from the attack on our Capitol that day. I don't believe you can te- I don't believe you can separate his allegedly sexually assaulting Cassidy Hutchinson backstage on January 6 from the attack on the Capitol. Within 40 minutes, Rudy went from telling an armed mob that it's time for quote trial by combat, went from saying that to wandering backstage 
and allegedly slipping his hand up Cassidy Hutchinson's skirt. It's the same sociopathy telling an armed group of imbeciles, now it's time for trial by combat, wander backstage, allegedly put your hand up a woman's skirt. It's the same side of the sociopathic coin. No self-awareness, no concern for how your words or actions affect other people. And that, what I just said, gives Rudy the benefit of the doubt. I'm being generous by saying he doesn't care how his words or actions are received. But there's a bigger component to this pathology. The bigger component, the more frightening component, is he does care. He does care how his words and deeds affect people. It could be said that he's a craven sadist like his boss, Donald Trump, and that he knows exactly how Cassidy Hutchinson feels when he allegedly runs his hands up her skirt. He knows, allegedly, he's humiliating her, that he has all this power and there's nothing she can do about it. And John Eastman allegedly leering, well, if it's true that he was leering, it would make sense to me that he, too, would allegedly enjoy her humiliation. They probably have a deep-seated contempt for humanity, as well as our institutions. And I suspect they don't feel bad that their words or deeds led to 140 police officers being rushed to the hospital on January 6. I suspect they get off on the fact that they were able to cause all this sense of power, power and sadism. I think it's intoxicating to certain types of men. So I don't know enough about John Eastman. I know he's best friends with Ginny and Clarence Thomas. And he's big with the Claremont Institute in California, which promotes legal arguments for an authoritarian state. That's what John Eastman spends a lot of his time uh, doing, uh, poring over the Constitution, trying to prove why our founding fathers wanted an authoritarian state. And anybody who believes in less democracy, I believe, is sitting on a powder keg of contempt for humanity. I don't think you can separate wanting to steal an election, wanting to deprive Americans of their right to vote, and enjoying Rudy Giuliani, uh, allegedly enjoying Rudy Giuliani, allegedly putting his hand up a woman's skirt. But I don't know enough about Eastman. But this I do know about Rudy Giuliani. He is a racist monster. Rudy Giuliani is a racist monster. He's misogynistic. He's being sued for $10 million for wage theft and rape. The lies he told about Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, the mother, the daughter, the Georgia election workers, those lies almost got them killed. 
they had to go into hiding for a month. The lies he spread about Rusty Bowers, the Republican Speaker of the Arizona State House, almost got Rusty Bowers killed. Rusty Bowers had a terminally ill daughter who died to the sound of MAGA supporters driving around their house, calling her father a pedophile at all hours of the night through through, uh, bullhorns. That's how Rusty Bowers, the Republican Speaker of the Arizona uh, House of Representatives, because he wouldn't do Rudy's bidding or Trump's bidding, they sicked the MAGA thugs on on uh, Rusty Bowers and his dying daughter. The last sound she heard was that her father was a pedophile through a megaphone outside uh, their house. The lies Rudy told about the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, almost got Brad Raffensperger killed. Uh, He had to go into hiding. His daughter-in-law's house was broken into, and she was a widow. His son had died, and his daughter-in-law's house was broken in by the MAGA thugs. So these guys like Rudy spread vitriol, lies with abandon, which is why Rudy's law license has been suspended in Washington, D.C. and New York City. He is a monster, and monsters do bad things. They do bad things to people, and they do bad things to our country. They delight in the power they have over others. That's monstrous. They like the fact that all these election officials ended up fearing for their lives just because I opened my mouth. Now, this conservative movement that we're seeing here in America has been hijacked by hateful, broken monsters like Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump who want to hurt people. And when I watch people like Tucker Carlson, Andrew Tate, Elon Musk rush to Russell Brand's defense, all of that belies a deep-seated hatred for women, I believe, a deep-seated hatred for women that informs real Republican policy from abortion rights, reproductive rights, women's health, sexual harassment laws, equal pay laws, how we prosecute rapists, and even how we view divorce. You know, one of the things that blows me away is these guys want to do away with no-fault divorce. They want women to stay in abusive relationships with no way out. This is the party where sick men go to stay sick, right? They don't go into rehab. They, They don't go for the cure. They just go to their local Republican Party headquarters and hang out with other sick men. Uh, Matt Schlapp runs CPAC. He runs the American Conservative Union. He's at the top of the food chain, Matt Schlapp. He uh, invited last year the Hungarian fascist, Viktor Orban, who conservatives 
secretly adore. Uh, Victor Orban spoke at CPAC last year, standing ovation. They love Victor Orban while he railed against the LGBTQ community. He went to Matt Gates' CPAC and railed against same-sex marriage and the LGBTQ community while while uh, Matt Schlapp, did I say Matt Gates? I meant Matt Schlapp. Matt Schlapp, uh, well, Schlapp was busy racking up accusations of sexually assaulting other men. So this is a movement built on contempt, lies, and self-loathing. Built on lies about themselves, lies about what happened on January 6th, lies about the 2020 election, lies about climate change, lies about Black Lives Matter, lies about how tax cuts for the wealthy jumpstart the economy, and lies about human sexuality, which is probably the source of most of their self-loathing. These are sick and violent people, and there is no reasoning with them. Someone like Rudy Giuliani needs to be locked up. Someone like Donald Trump needs to be locked up and defeated resoundingly at the polls. Someone like Donald Trump, he is consumed by self-loathing, and that is projected onto others, and so he hates all of humanity and gets off on saying people getting hurt. He sat for hours on January 6th and watched the Capitol burn, watched while they looked for Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence to hang them. He hates himself, but his survival instinct forces him to lash out at others. It's a powerful fuel. These people never rest, which is why you can't. You cannot give up because they won't. You have to fight them. And the way you fight them is by ignoring them as individuals and destroying them as groups. Uh, Ignore your crazy uncle. You can't reason with your crazy uncle. Organize, organize, organize. Which is why, as I say, if you organize and think of the bigger picture, uh, this guy will be locked up for life because he doesn't care who he hurts or what he calls someone. Here is Donald Trump yesterday in Iowa. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists, fascists, every time they indict me, I consider it a great badge of honor. There must be something a little strange up here because most people crawl into a corner and they die. Hmm. Democrats are Marxists, communists, and fascists, he says. Well, that's a contradiction in terms. You're either a fascist or a communist. You would know that, Donald, if you ever read a book. Everything you say is wrong and it's a lie. 
Marxists, communists, fascists. Yep. Everything you say is wrong and a lie. There must be something a little strange up here. No, you even got that wrong. There's not something a little strange up there. You're a psychopath and it's spreading. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. 